Hey, I'm Dave, and thanks so much for checking out today's message. We're so glad that you are here, and we would love to get connected to you and your family. So one easy way to do that is that you can text the word River Connect to 97000. You can also visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and some of our upcoming events. Lastly, if you'd like to give today to the River Church, you can text the amount that you want to give to 84321, or you can head to our website, click on the Give tab right at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. So, as I kind of said, we're going through Matthew chapter 6, and I kind of set this premise up last week. Uh, When it comes to prayer, prayer shows a lot about what you believe about God. So sometimes when we don't pray to God, well, well, God doesn't care about that. Or sometimes when we pray to God and like, give me, again, dear Jesus, give me a Maserati and then I'll love you. It's like, so God has to give you like the most expensive sports car in the world for you to know his his glory, his renown, his, his patience. And it's like, well, that's not a good place. But in the same way, have you ever gotten to a place where like you, you avoid talking to God about something? Maybe there's a frustration, there's a sin, there's a difficulty, and you're like, eh, God doesn't care. Or you're in the place where you're like, you don't actually want to talk about it. You don't actually want to talk that it's bothering you because if you actually like kind of bring it to the surface, then you realize you might actually have to do something to change it. But for me, I landed on this premise. Again, prayer shows a lot about what we believe about God. And so last week we talked a lot about the, the hallowed be thy name, our Father who art in heaven. We talked about thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Like We talked like the, the grandness of who God is. And ultimately, again, that's all culminated in Jesus, and we're able to know uh, the Father because of what the Son did for us on the cross. We landed on that very hard last week. But this week, when we break apart Matthew 6, when we look at the Lord's Prayer, there's that like adoration aspect of the Lord's Prayer. But then there's the request aspect. And so to go back, prayer shows a lot about what we believe about God. And I think this becomes one of those things, like God has a prayer where it's like, again, know him, understand who he is, look at him for being great. But then God allows us to ask. God allows us to petition him. God, God wants that fatherly relationship where it is our heavenly father. Like, you can ask me for this. And, and parents, you understand this. So it's the most frustrating thing in the world when you see your kid going through life and they're not asking. You know they need help. You want to give the help. But the kid's just stubbornly being like, I got this. And again, again, do you need help pouring the juice? No, I got this. And then again, they make a mess. And you're like, ah, I could have just helped you with that. Now, sometimes we've got to teach our kids to be able to pour the juice. But we, we run into this all the time, I think, with God as pastors. Like, I've prayed to God, and then nothing happened. I, I, I petitioned the Lord for, for healing, for, for, for him to show up in my life and give me peace. I've asked him to take away this anxiety. I've asked him to take away this health issue. I've, I've asked God to show up, and then he doesn't. Or he doesn't show up in the way you think he needs to. And I think this becomes one of the hardest things. So we're going to talk about requests. We're going to talk about how God, how Jesus, when he teaches us how to pray, Jesus goes through a section where he says, hey, it's okay to make requests to the divine, holy creator of the universe. So in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus starts out like this, just to kind of reiterate, we talked about this last week, but Jesus says, pray then like this. When he says, pray then like this, notice it's not pray this way, repeat after me. Jesus said, pray then like this. So when we go through the Lord's prayer, it's not meant to be a repeat after me 
It's not an incantation. It's not jargon. We kind of said this like last week in, in the most respectful way. It's, like, it's not bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. It's not hocus-pocus. And if I say these words right, if I, if I speak in 19th century English and I say thou theest doest, and that, that's the way God listens. Jesus is teaching us, pray then like this. And in the Lord's Prayer, he gives us a model. He gives us guardrails. He's showing us how to do this. And this is where we get into. First, he talks about you've got to make sure you understand who God is. But then Jesus goes into something very, very important. And then Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. After all the amazingness of what God is, hallowed be thy name. Our Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Jesus says, and he's continuing in this teaching of prayer. He says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debt as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So if you see kind of the three petitions here, you see give us our daily bread, you say forgive us of our debts, and you see lead us not into temptation. All of those are requests. Now, if you're like, well, is it a demand? No, it's not a demand, because we've already talked about the hallowed be thy name, our father, we, you don't walk to your dad and be like, I'm demanding this. But this week, while I was reading this, I was working on this a few times, and like, I... I did all the pastor tricks. Had my commentary out, listened to different sermons. I prayed over this. And there was just something in my heart that I, I just couldn't land on. I felt I was missing something. So all this week, I just kept going back to this and going back to this and going back to this, but I kept going back to this premise. Again, prayer shows a lot about what we believe about God. And for a day or so, like I was like, I have a sermon due on Sunday. It doesn't matter, like, again, whether I'm prepared or not. Guess what? Sunday is always going to show up. And, again, as a pastor, like, you got to be ready. you got to be able to deliver the word of God. It doesn't matter whether or not, again, my car falls apart. I hit a deer this week. My car's okay, and I'm okay. Again, it's been a week. It doesn't matter. Sunday's coming around. But all this week, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I was like, why can't I land on this? Like, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? Like, what, what am I missing here? But then I kind of like looked at these three requests. Give us, forgive us, and lead us not into temptation. And instead of looking at each of these individuals, this is what the bread means, and this is what forgiveness means, and again, this is what leading into temptation means, I got to a point where I realized the reason I was struggling to, to, to grab anything out of this is because I was missing the core of what these requests are. And at the core of these requests, I came to the realization that I need God. I couldn't get anywhere else. I was trying to break these down. I was trying to be like 500 feet this way, and I don't actually want to look at like my neediness. Now, I don't know where you're at. Like, again, husbands, uh, again, we, we can't let the women know this. Like, I'm a very needy person, and my wife will tell you that. I need affirmation. I need somebody to say I do a good job, even though I hate that stuff and it's twisted. But I, I'm a needy person. But the entire time when I was preparing this, I got this under control. They gave me the microphone. I know exactly what I'm doing. I got Bible degrees. I, I, I can figure this thing out. But again, to get to the brass tacks, to get to the common root of it, to get to, to, to the averageness of, again, my wretchedness, my sinfulness, the, the fact that I, I, I need Jesus. And for me, when I, when I started looking at this idea, like, I need God. I need God to give me daily bread. I need God to forgive me. I need God to help me forgive others. I need God to lead me. Because if prayer shows a lot about what we believe about God, I had to look at myself and realize that 
I am incapable of giving myself anything. I cannot fix anything. I cannot do anything that is worthwhile. But everything that has eternal value, anything that has lasting importance, I had to get to a place where I realized, like, I need God. And the inescapable reality that I landed on is how many people can actually confess that to? And this is, well, man, but you invited me in for trunk or treat, and I didn't know we were going to get this. Like, but no, the reality is, I don't care if you've first time you've ever walked into this church. I don't care if it's the first time you've ever walked into a church. I don't care if you've been sitting here for the last 15, 25, 30 years. When your heart hears God, does your heart scream out, I need you. So when Jesus first says, again, this idea, give us this day our daily bread. This is Jesus teaching about prayer. This is Jesus giving guardrails. Like Jesus wants us to walk into a relationship where we go to God and we ask him for our daily bread. So what's daily bread? And I, there's some people who go like the, the, the spiritual route when Jesus talks about bread. He's talking about himself. And I'm not out on that belief. I'm not out on that viewpoint. But in the same route, what I, what I really think Jesus is talking about here when he says daily bread, I, I think he's talking about today's needs, the basic, the ordinary. Because if Jesus goes super, super spiritual on this and he's like high-roading it, like we, we create this model of prayer that voids the basicness that God is our Father, that God will give us the basicness of life. Can I pray for shoes? But yeah, if you need them. If you're like, man, I got a really, really sweet pair of Jordans, and man, I need another pair of Jordans. Like that, that might not be the need, that might not be the daily bread. You got some shoes, but to pray to God for like, hey, I need peace. Hey, God, I need food. For us to be in a place where we understand that we have a God that wants us to pray for the ordinary. Dear Heavenly Father, bless this food in my body. It's a good prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I hope I find a good coupon. All right, if that's what you want to pray for. The basic, the simple, the ordinary. That's what bread is. It's a staple of life. And for us, do we believe that we need God for the staples of life? In the saddest reality, I know I looked at myself, I overlooked the little things in my life. Because I turn around and say, I got this. Man, daily bread, I don't need daily bread. Let's see what I got in the cupboards. Sweet. There's always food in my cupboards. There's always eggs in my fridge. There's juice. And I'm blessed because of that. And I don't know if, like, again, you, you can say the same thing. But there's always something. But the small, the ordinary, a lot of times when we turn around and we look at these things, we're like, no, nah, God, I don't need you to do that. God, I don't need your help there. But real talk, if you've ever been in a spot where there is no food in the pantry, or there are no eggs in the fridge, it's a whole different prayer. We're blessed in this country. And I don't know where you're at in life. And again, if you ever need food assistance, the thing I love about the River Church, we, we allow and we do food assistance. We take care of people because that's what Jesus commands us to do. But seldom do I think people understand what it's like to open up a fridge and see nothing. I joke about it in life, and again, like, uh, there, was, there was something that we, we ran into every once in a while when I was a teenager called Poor Week. And it's probably a little offensive to say, but like, we had no food in the house. Like, literally, it was just like you had to make whatever you could do, and I remember eating dinner, and I just had grand's rolls. Like, that, that was my dinner. I made a thing of pans, 12 or 8 of those jumbo biscuits, put them in a bowl, went downstairs, and a teenager, that's what I had. But I didn't understand the power of prayer. I understand God's provision. I just look at it and I'm like, mom and dad are bums. 
But that's not the truth. Because it doesn't have anything to do with your paycheck. It doesn't have anything to do with your grocery list. It doesn't have anything to do with that. God blesses us with the ordinary. And for me, I got to this point where I realized, like, do we realize that we need God in the ordinary? And do you ask God to help you with stuff that's in the ordinary? Because I looked at this brick by brick is how you build anything. And the staple request that God starts with is brick by brick. I need this small thing. Lord, I need you to show up. Because how in the world are you going to have faith that God is going to show up for the next two that we go into if you can't trust that he's going to do the ordinary? And my heart sang on this. My, my heart sat on this. And again, I, I was wrecked, and yet I was like brought back to life. Because I was like, I so think that I am capable. But Lord, I need you for everything. Yeah, I got a thing of oatmeal right there. But Lord, if you did not bless me with that, I would not have that. So for us, when we look at this idea of, again, give us this day our daily bread, do, do we believe that we need God for the ordinary? And I'll say this, this is the big one. If we're like, no, I don't, these next two are going to be really hard for us to kind of grab. Because Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, but then he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And oh, this is a big one. Because if we're stuck on brick by brick and we can't even ask for brick by brick, how do we get to a place where we ask God? God for forgiveness. So I don't know where you're at in life. Have you ever tried or tallied up how many times you've messed up in a day? Have you ever tallied up how many times you talked illy to your children or snippetly or rudely or aggressively? Had a moment literally yesterday where we're trying to go through Sam's Club and I'm giving Zeke like the stare and like Kathy's like, calm down. And I'm like, I'm about to preach the gospel to like hopefully a thousand people and show them the love of Christ, but I am destroying my son right now. It doesn't work. But have you ever sat down and tallied how many times you have done something? Well, maybe it's not you. Maybe you got the saint thing down. Maybe you, you're, it's not your issue. Have you ever sat down and tallied how many people do stuff illy to you? And we started again. The, the point is not to just turn around and like keep these tallies but to realize that sin is real in this world. We hurt people, and people hurt us. Well, I was sitting out of this idea, again, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. Like, again, I need God to forgive me. I'm not, I'll talk about the people, other people in a second, but for me, I realize how fallen I am. How many times I forget about God? How many times I wander? How many times I do something horrible? In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, says, But God shows his love for us that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. I need that. I need the fact that God sent his son, perfect, holy, dying on a cross for my sins. I need that forgiveness. I need that restoration. I need that redemption. And while I was reading this, if I'm not reading the Lord's prayer in a sense of I need this, they need that. I'm good. But by doing that, we void that relationship with God. So I'm going to kind of like get a little bit in your business for a second. Do you believe that you need God to forgive you? I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you haven't done. I don't know what you said. I don't know that secret that you're keeping from everybody. And quite frankly, I don't care. Because I know that sin is separate, sin is forgotten as far as east is as to west when we believe about the love of God. When we believe that God died for us. 
because we can look at God and say, forgive us our debts. We've already seen that Jesus came to this earth, died on a cross for our sin, rose again three days later. And my question for you is, do you believe that? I'm not shaming you for what you've done. Because again, the power of shame is from the devil, but again, the power of God brings life out of a dead carcass of a person, about a rebellious person of a person. But God offers us a relationship with him that first starts with forgiveness. I need that. And it wasn't that bad. It was. Because your sin wasn't towards your, your spouse, your kid. The sin was against our, our holy God. But when I was looking at this week, are you at a place where you're like, I, I, I need you, God. I need you to forgive me. I need you to, again, make me older from old to new. Like, I, I need you in my life. And if you're here, and I, I don't know where you're at, I don't, again, I don't care if you've been here for five years, I don't care if you've been here for 35 minutes, but do you know that you need God to forgive you? But I think the next one is, I think this is the easier one. I think we might get ourselves hung up and be like, ah, I don't need forgiveness, I haven't been that bad. But have you ever gotten a place, again, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors? Have you ever let unforgiveness towards somebody ruin your life? You hold on to that. Now, I don't know what I just poked, so to speak. I don't know a wasp's nest, so to speak, is in your heart. There's real trauma. There's real hurt. There's some real bad things that have happened to people. And sometimes we hold on to that stuff. Now, I don't know where you're at, but the thing I've learned about life is when I start holding on to that, it doesn't really take me in a good direction. It really kind of navigates me in a bad direction. I'm holding on to the lack of forgiveness over here, but the person who I'm like taking it out on is my wife and my kids. That's not fair to them. Well, I'm holding on to unforgiveness because me and my wife are struggling, but I'm I'm taking it out on you people. People who come to church because my marriage is struggling and I'm not going and I'm arguing forgiveness inside of my marriage. And I'm taking it out on, again, what's going on here, Burton? Or maybe everything's going here, but something else is going on and I, I take it out on my team here at the church. That's not good either. But to look at this idea when Jesus is, again, he's given us the, the, the guardrails of prayer. He says, again, we first have to start with his ideas. Do we go to God and ask him to forgive us of our debts? But then it's as we. We can't just go to God and say, please forgive us, because he says, as we also forgive our debtors. And we're going to go into forgiveness a lot next week. I don't want to necessarily run and do all the notes this week, but if you're here and you're struggling with forgiveness, and you know for a fact that there's somebody in your life who needs that forgiveness, and you're just like, you're that unforgiving person, why don't I invite you back next week? We're going to unpack this a little bit more. I'm going to be a little bit more applicational uh, next week. I'll hit some good theology. I'll hit some good Bible, but we'll be more applicational this week. But for me, when I landed on this, I realized that I need God to help me forgive people. Because I've tried to do the, I'm just going to forget about it. I've tried to do the time heals all wounds. I've tried to do that. That's their problem, whatever, wall up and I'll go there. And then I realized how much effort how much hurt, how much power I give to that hurt. For me today, if you're here and you struggle with that, can you get to a place where you realize you need God 
to help you forgive people. Because I'll say this, again, I have no idea what, what hornet's nest I've poked. But I know the stuff that I've been through in life. I know the tragedy I've seen in life. And if I did not understand the grace of the Lord, and I did not, not understand the love of the Lord, there is no way I could have forgiven somebody. I need the Lord. I need God to be able to forgive people. It's not a forgive and forget. So when we go through this, give us this day our daily bread. I need God for the daily bread of my life. I need God to forgive me of my debt and praise be to God for Christ. And I need God to help me forgive my debtors in this last one. And lead us not into temptation, but to deliver us from evil. This is that Jesus take the wheel moment. How well do you do giving Jesus the wheel of your life? Because the reality is I need God to lead me. And I'm a very, very difficult person to lead. The Bible says that, again, God resists the proud. And man, do I think I have it down. I know the right way. I know how this should be done. This is the best way for it to happen. And my opinion is law. Maybe I'm just the only one here who believes that about themselves. But if you're here like that, again, welcome to the group. Welcome to church. This is why we need Jesus. Because we all struggle with this in some way, shape, or form. We, we all struggle with this idea like, I know what is best for me. But this idea when Jesus says, hey, we need to be praying like this, that we need to be able to pray that God is able to lead us. Because the reality is God wants to lead us into such a better place than we ever could imagine. But the entire time where we're kicking, we're screaming, we're, we're trying to go the opposite direction. Because we look at God. And we say, I need your forgiveness. I need your love. I need your, again, your, your eternal presence when I get to heaven. But I don't really need you to tell me where to go in life. And the reality is, nobody likes being told what to do. I have a six-year-old son who tells me what to do. And I can't stand it. And he's really, really good about stuff, too, because he, he, he nails me on my hypocrisy. I'll turn around and say, get off the video games, and then I start playing video games. He's like, but what did you say, Dad? I'm like, ah, why do you see these things? But nobody likes being told what to do. But for us, what is the thing that we need? We need to get to a point where we realize we need God to lead us. And if you're like me, like, again, like the cruise control of my life, if I let myself lead, it's going to lead me to a bad spot. And if you've ever tried to take the wheel, I think you can be like, yeah, I've been there. But then why do we go back to trying to take control of the wheel? Because we void this idea that we need God. We void this idea that we need his leading. And I believe everybody is exactly where they need to be with God right now. There's not a single atom that is out of, like, uh, in rebellion towards God. There's not a single hair on your head that is sticking in the direction that God doesn't want it. And I believe that you are here specifically for this moment right now. Why did we come back? It wasn't the toys. I'll be completely honest about that. Why did we come to church today? It wasn't the toys. It wasn't the candy. It wasn't the stellar program that was put on. And it wasn't because I was dressed up as Peter B. Parker yesterday. It's because the Lord Almighty wanted you here today. So for me, if we believe that God knows everything and we know that God is setting things up, do we believe that we're at a place where we need him to guide us? Because a lot of people will come into some situations and be like, okay, I'll step close to God, 
Then right when he starts trying to take you in a different direction, I don't want to go that way. Uh, I need God in life. Okay, well, maybe you should start connecting to a church. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. I really need to grow in my relationship with the Lord, and I really need to work on some unforgiveness uh, that, that, that dwells in my heart. Oh, that means I actually got to go back through it. Oh, I don't want that. But so often we want God to lead us, but we don't start with that idea that we need him to start leading us. We believe it, we get it, but like when it comes to, like, I need you to, and we're actually going to start making some steps, we don't do it. But while looking at prayer this week, when I landed on this idea, like, again, it's not about the request. It's, it's at the core of that. So Jesus teaches something with prayer here that is literally life-altering. Jesus teaches us that we have a God who listens. Because Jesus wouldn't go and say, hey, here's all these requests. And then be like, yeah, God doesn't listen to you. We have a God that listens. Jesus teaches here that we have a God that blesses us. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us. This is the greatest blessing in the world. Help us forgive others. Again, to get that sin and get that hurt out of your heart. Oh, that's one of the biggest blessings you ever could ask for. But then Jesus, sovereign Lord of the universe, lead me to where you need me to go. He blesses us with his leadership. But Jesus teaches us that we have a God who gives. We have a God who forgives. We have a God who leads. And it starts with one place that we have to realize. To have all of that. We have to put ourselves in a place where we need God. And the way that we're able to say that we need God is by looking at the cross. By looking at John 3, 6, and that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We need that. So when Jesus teaches our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We see the beauty and the power of God. We see the absolute supremacy and the holiness of God. And yet God is in a place where God looks at us, and he sees that we're needy. He sees that we need more than what we're able to offer ourselves. He realizes that there is no solution that can be found in these mortal bodies. And he did something. He sent his son. And God is such a loving God that even as much as we go and we petition him and we ask us, please, Lord, give us. Lord, please lead us. Lord, please forgive us. Lord is not a, the, the Lord is not a God who just, nah, I can't deal with that right now. Because for us, God still wants and God proved that by the cross. So for us, we need to come to a place where we realize, is our heart at a place where we plead that I need the Lord? I need his love, his grace. Maybe you need his church. And I don't know what you've experienced in church. I don't know if there's hurt. I don't know if it's just organized religion you don't like. Right here, we're just a group of imperfect people trying to figure out how to live with God and try to honor and glorify him, and then one day we're going to walk into eternity. 
up of my heart this week. Got blessed and then rebuilt. Because again, that, that, that wrecking from me came when I, I, I realized how often I try to live and I'm like, I don't need God. I'm good. When I realized how much I actually needed God, the fact that he blesses me with daily bread, the fact that he shows up and helps, for, again, he forgives me, that he helps me with my unforgiveness and he leads me to where I need to go. It starts with that, that I, I need more of you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. And this is a small situation. Jesus, I need you. This is a big situation. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I have no idea where I'm going in life. Jesus, I need you. So I don't know where your heart's at. I don't know if I'll ever see you again. But the thing that I know I'll say is that Jesus loves you so much that he's willing to give you daily bread. Jesus loves you so much that he's willing to forgive you. Jesus loves you so much that he can help you with your unforgiveness. And Jesus loves you so much that he will lead you to the gates of eternity. But it starts with that idea that we need to confess him as Lord. So if you're here today, and again, you don't know Jesus as Savior, if you want to make that today the day, I would love to come and talk to you after the gathering. If you're going to come and take a knee, i got people around who'd love to pray with you. But for me, to look at, again, the fact that God allows us to make requests, we've got to flip that and realize that we need God. If you're here and you don't know if you need God or today is the day that you realize you need God in your life, let's do something about it. Let's see what God has for us for the rest of eternity.